good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is MCM, and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Um, Today, it's going to be another one of a special type of a podcast where I speak about um, an interesting topic, something that's dear to my heart, obviously, because um, I'm an introvert. And today, I want to talk about being an introvert in my funny, weird way. I don't know if it's really just introverts is the name for like the um, I guess that's what the the umbrella name, but um, there's so many different types of people and I don't even know if this I don't even know if this is the correct word, but I'm suppose I suppose it is. Anyhow, remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and um, it's not a Christian podcast, but it is a podcast by a Christian. Therefore, I guess it is a Christian podcast, but I just want to put it out there that I am not professing to be a professor of anything, nor am I professing to be a minister of the gospel, but I am a person of the gospel. I am a person of belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and the 66 books of the Bible, the almighty God, the author of that Bible and the Holy Spirit. So Father, Son and Holy Spirit. I believe in the triune God, the almighty God, the one who sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. He led a perfect life. He was born of a virgin, Mary, and he died on the cross. He gave up his own life to save people like me. And he gave people like me the faith to believe in him. And therefore... I am saved as I profess. I believe in my heart and I profess the name of Jesus. So I just wanted to be clear about that. I know that I try to do this every once in a while on my podcast because honestly, I'm not really sure sometimes if my message is getting across properly to some people. And I want to make sure that they understand that I am not putting myself in front of anything Christian. You understand? Like this podcast is basically me just talking about different topics, sometimes giving so-called advice or just my opinion would be better. And for the best part of the time on my podcast, I'm generally just rambling on. So anyhow, I'm going to have a conversation with June and I'm going to talk about um, introverts and me and just I'm going to try to spin the topics, the topics the questions here and there and see if we get to anything we might not get to anything and if you think it was a dumb idea well guess what you're probably right and that's the name of this podcast so not every um idea (laughs) or every topic or every line of questioning is always best or amazing but i'm sure that my podcast is probably a lot different than any other podcast that you probably ever listened to so that being said we're going to get right into it Let's see. Hopefully there's not too much humming in the background. Hey, June, can you tell me a lot about introverts? And I'll cut you off if I have to. Sure. Introverts are individuals who often find themselves energized and at peace in quieter, less stimulating environments. Unlike extroverts who gain energy from social interactions, 
Introverts may feel drained after prolonged socializing and need time alone to recharge. This doesn't mean they don't enjoy socializing. Rather, they prefer meaningful and deep conversations with a few people over large gatherings or small talk. Introversion is a core aspect of personality and influences how a person prefers to work, relax, and interact with others. Introverts may thrive in careers or hobbies that allow for independence and deep concentration, and they often possess strong listening skills, thoughtfulness, and a rich inner life. It's important to note that introversion and extroversion exist on a spectrum, and most people exhibit traits of both to varying degrees. Embracing one's introversion involves recognizing and valuing these tendencies, seeking out environments that align with one's energy levels, hmm. and finding comfortable ways to engage with the world. But you know, I understand what you're saying about, you know, usually thoughtful, usually good listeners. Um, I would consider myself a pretty good listener, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily a good listener when there are maybe three or four or, <laughs> Lord forbid, 20 or 30 people listening to what I have to say or hanging on my every word. That's a very insightful reflection. It's common for introverts to feel more comfortable and effective in listening and communicating within smaller, more intimate settings. Mm. When the group size increases, the dynamics change significantly. The intimacy of smaller interactions is replaced by the complexity of managing multiple perspectives and the energy of a larger audience. This shift can be overwhelming and may make it harder to maintain the same level of attentiveness and connection that you're capable of in one-on-one -on -one or small group conversations. It's also worth noting that being a good listener in large groups involves different skills, such as being able to follow multiple threads of conversation and engaging with a broader range of social cues. These challenges don't diminish your abilities as a listener. They just highlight the different contexts in which those abilities are most effectively applied. Recognize so basically, guys, what I'm saying, like for me, and I, I know it tried to touch on it a little bit, but um, when I maybe I should give you some background. I think I've probably spoken about this on another um, episode before. The thing is, growing up as a kid, um, I wouldn't say I was shy at the beginning, but I ended up being shy because of being um, bullied as a kid. I believe that would be my issue because I remember when I was really young and my mother would, um, you know, tell me, you know, in church, go and sing this song that maybe she helped me practice. Me and my sister, I remember that one time when we went up and we tried to sing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. And my sister went up there and <laughs> didn't say anything, sing anything. I, it was just me. And I was fine with that. Everybody was looking at us singing and I was just singing. But um, unfortunately, through the nice public school system, <laughs> um, being treated like crap is the best way to put it by um, classmates and also a certain teacher who I ended up having for three years in a row from four, five and six, which, again, I've also spoken about um, it, my outlook on working in front of people, um, talking in front of people that totally diminished something happened maybe you can call it a post-traumatic stress disorder whatever it is but those three years of my life really i think took parts of me 
that I would say I probably never really came back. So I don't know if I was really born an introvert is what I'm trying to say. And I don't know. I don't know if people really are born an introvert, but I can honestly say that um, that's basically the result of years of trauma. So um, let's see. June, June, can you um, speak to um, the fact of whether or not people are born introverts or if they become introverts due to uh, life trauma or PTSD and stuff like that? If you have an opinion. The question of whether people are born introverts or become introverts through life experiences such as trauma or PTSD is quite complex. Research suggests that our personalities, including traits like introversion and extroversion, are influenced by both genetic factors and environmental factors. Hmm. This means that some aspects of being an introvert can indeed be innate. Studies have shown that even in early childhood, differences in temperament and reactions to stimuli can predict introverted or extroverted tendencies later in life. Mm. However, life experiences, including trauma and PTSD, can also shape our personalities and influence how we interact with the world. Trauma can affect social behavior, making some individuals more withdrawn or cautious about social interactions, which might resemble introversion. It's important to. So, would you say that um, a person is an introvert due to just trauma, or would you say that is something else, even though it looks like an introversion or a person who lives with introvert or who lives as an introvert? Jeez, these words. If a person's introverted behaviors stem primarily from trauma, it's more accurate to view these behaviors as a response to trauma rather than true introversion. True introversion is a personality trait characterized by a preference for less stimulating environments and needing time alone to recharge. Mm. This trait is generally consistent across various situations and is not driven by fear, anxiety, or traumatic experiences. In contrast, when someone appears introverted due to trauma, their withdrawal from social situations or preference for solitude might be a coping mechanism or a way to manage anxiety, fear, or overwhelming feelings associated with their experiences. This is different. That sounds good. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just a coping mechanism for me. But for some reason, it really, really looks like introversion. But I mean, again, I'm good at talking to one on one <laughs> with people or two on one. Um, as long as I can um, really, really think about the questions and the conversation that I'm having with the individuals to really give a thoughtful um, understanding and a, a thoughtful response to whatever it is being it's being said or whatever the topic is. It seems like individuals, other people find me very insightful in that way. It sounds like you have a strong capacity for deep, meaningful conversations and a thoughtful approach to communication, traits that are often highly valued in any interaction. Your ability to engage thoughtfully and provide insightful responses in one-on-one -on -one or small group settings is indeed a strength, and it's understandable why others would find you insightful. If you're identifying with introversion primarily through these strengths and preferences, it's possible that these traits are just core aspects of your personality. However, 
If you feel these tendencies have been amplified or shaped significantly by coping mechanisms developed in response to trauma or stress, it might be a mix of both your natural disposition and your responses to life experiences. The distinction... So then what about neuroticism? I mean, what if I am an introvert? I've done, I've dealt with or I'm dealing with PTSD and I'm also an introvert. Neuroticism is a personality trait characterized by a tendency to experience negative emotions such as anxiety, depression, and emotional instability more frequently and intensely than others. It's one of the five major dimensions of personality in the big five personality traits model, which also includes extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and openness to experience. If you're identifying as an introvert, have experienced PTSD, and also score high in neuroticism, these aspects of your personality and experiences can interact in complex ways. High neuroticism might make you more sensitive to stress and potentially exacerbate the challenges associated with PTSD. Being an introvert, on the other hand, means that you might prefer solitary activities or small group interactions as sources of comfort and recharge, which could be both beneficial and challenging when dealing with PTSD and high neuroticism. The yeah, that makes sense. But you know what? I can honestly tell you that um, I don't know if I really need um, I don't need I don't know if I need to really recharge or maybe that's what I am actually doing and I'm just not realizing that I'm recharging when I'm off to myself. But yeah, I'm generally a lone wolf. Um, if I do keep friends or have a friend that is close to me, generally it's one at a time, possibly two. Usually I don't have more room for more than one person as a friend would uh, as, as friends go at at a time. So I don't know if that is part of introversion or part of neuroticism or whatever it is, but that's basically how I interact with individuals one on, on a one on one basis. I'm really good. Your preference for connecting with friends one on one or possibly two at a time aligns closely with introverted tendencies. Introverts often find deeper satisfaction and comfort in engaging with people on a more personal and intimate level rather than spreading their energy across larger groups. This preference for meaningful individual interactions over broader social settings is a hallmark of introversion. So, you know, as a, you know, this is pretty interesting and basically what I've thought, but you know, one thing I can tell you guys is that I've had the, the, the lately the issue of speaking, um, in meetings, at my job, um, sometimes we've called to have meetings, say, once a week is really what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but it hasn't really been happening lately. But what I've realized is, is that I always have um, a lot of insight in conversations in these meetings. But if it is for me to um, present a topic from start to finish and pick apart the pieces piece by piece or the levels of of whatever the situation is whatever the thought process is i'm having a difficult time being able to get all the thoughts out which is really frustrating and um the reason why 
the reason why this is actually frustrating for me as far as speaking in front of say a small group of four people so me maybe um, the boss the boss's assistant and maybe a couple other people in my department i'm having an issue with actually being able to give thought, well thought out uh, if, if you want to say a soliloquy on a whatever whatever the topic is or an individual that maybe we are trying to help but if somebody else you know broaches the topic or talks about a situation i am able to just give insight here and there but i'm not able to say present something for possibly five to six minutes at a time while people are hanging on my every word what would be the cause of this as far as being an introvert or someone who suffers with um, neuroticism the challenge you're experiencing with speaking in front of a small group especially in a structured setting like a meeting with your boss and colleagues can be influenced by a mix of introversion and potentially aspects of neuroticism as well as general anxiety about public speaking which is a common concern for many people regardless of their personality type for introverts the preference for deep one-on-one -on -one interactions or contributing through written communication rather than speaking in front of groups, even small ones, can make presentations or leading discussions more daunting. This preference stems from their comfort with and energy derived from more intimate forms of communication, where the dynamics are less intense and more predictable. If But you know what? Again, another situation happened where, you see, another situation happened where I was speaking um, to a group of individuals, there was a problem today, as a matter of fact, at work. And uh, the person who was facilitating a group of, say, 27 individuals, um, they were not listening. They were giving the facilitator a hard time. And I happened to walk in as this facilitation was happening. And I could see that the individual that was facilitating was visibly distraught and upset and having a hard time getting through the information and presenting the topics. So I interrupted what was happening. And although it is totally out of my character or of who I am, I decided to speak to the whole um, set of individuals that the person was facilitating to or with um, or for, <laughs> I don't know what the proper term is, but the point is, I was able to speak for say five to six minutes easily because there was emotion involved because of the lack of respect and the situation that was at hand where I could read what was happening in the room and I had something to say. There was nothing that needed to be um, prepared for, but it was something that I was able to do just off the cuff. But in normal situations, even if I knew a lot about a topic, and I knew that I was going to speak, yes, the fear of public speaking would have taken over and I would have probably been able to put together 20 words total. The situation you described at the Center for Agri-Working highlights the fascinating aspect of human behavior and communication, especially in relation to introversion 
and the ability to speak publicly under different circumstances. <coughs> Your ability to step in and effectively communicate in a moment of emotional significance, despite typically finding public speaking challenging, underscores a few important points. One, emotional motivation. The emotional context and your response to perceived injustice or disrespect can significantly override typical anxieties related to public speaking. When emotionally motivated, people often find they can bypass their usual reservations because the drive to address the situation becomes stronger than the fear of public scrutiny. Two, authenticity and urgency. Speaking off the cuff in situations that demand immediate action or response can sometimes enable a more authentic and urgent mode of communication. Without the time to overthink or worry about how your words are received, the focus shifts from the act of speaking to the necessity of conveying a message. This urgency and authenticity can often resonate more with an audience, making the communication more effective. So yes, this is basically my life as an introvert, guys. Um, I've spoken about it before where I have personally given up marks, I remember, in grade 10, English class, again, I've talked about this before, where I forgo, or for, <laughs> forgo the opportunity to present my, um, my project because the teacher had let me know that I had been exempt from the final exam. Um, I would be, of course, left with a 60 because that was the, the mark for um, exemption at that point, or maybe 62, 63. And it was grade 10, and I didn't really care as long as I didn't have to present. Um, but the point is, is instead of trying to shoot for higher marks and try to get myself to a B, I was like, what do you mean? All I have to do is hand in the written work, and if I don't present, then I just don't get those 10% or whatever it was on my final mark, but I am exempt from doing the final exam. Of course, I wasn't trying to aim high. Um, there was no motivation at that time for me to try to aim high. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. I knew that I was trying to play sports and English wasn't going to get me on anybody's football field or basketball court in any college or university. So that wasn't really my, um, you know, thing at that point. But, um, it's kind of funny how that goes. And, you know, you, you think about being an introvert and you see all the different problems that arise in your life from not being able to be in front of many with public speaking or with just presenting ideas um sometimes not being able to present ideas i feel sometimes it's like you, you feel I, I don't know if anybody else feels this but um you can always um leave a message um or drop a line about this particular uh podcast where you feel like you haven't grown up you know you see people who you are undoubtedly probably more intelligent than and not that you're sitting there comparing um yourself to other people but when you just hear them speak in the simple way that they speak um sometimes not even properly well thought out things but they're able to ramble on for a time whereas you who have generally a lot to say can't get the words out and i mean that's how i basically deal with being an introvert um I, I feel like I'm handicapped most of the time, to honestly tell you the truth. Be the reason why I feel handicapped, let's see, hold on. The reason why I feel handicapped um, being an introvert is that I have so many ideas. I mean, take for instance this podcast. 
Now, I have done over 140 episodes, um, generally between, say, 35 minutes and an hour long. Okay, if you add up all that time, what is it? It's, as I said, it's from 35 minutes to an hour long, and that's 140 episodes. Obviously, I don't have an issue in speaking. And as you're listening to me now, and as you've probably listened to other episodes, I speak all the time. But for some reason, when I'm in these meetings, or when I'm supposed to present a whole topic to a group of individuals, it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen in my life. And even when I'm just presenting um, topics or subjects or talking about something, I can't get my ideas out. All I can do is add to a conversation rather than run or lead a conversation, which is really frustrating. It makes you feel like you're not grown. It feels like you're not an adult. It feels like you're not able to do your job properly. And I don't know if anybody listening is having the same issue. I know it's a lot. The contrast you're experiencing <laughs> between your proficiency and comfort with speaking on your podcast versus presenting in meetings is a common challenge. Even among those who are generally confident communicators, it highlights how context, audience, and perceived stakes can significantly affect our ability to express ourselves. Here are a few thoughts on why this happens and potential ways to address it. One, familiarity and control. Hmm. On your podcast, you're in a familiar, controlled environment. Yep. You likely have autonomy over the topics, the flow of conversation, and the editing process. This mm-hmm. control can significantly reduce anxiety, allowing your ideas to flow more naturally. Two, audience dynamics. In meetings, the audience's feedback is immediate and sometimes unpredictable. Concerns about judgment, misunderstanding, or disagreement can heighten anxiety, making it harder to articulate thoughts clearly. On your podcast, even though the audience is larger, the lack of immediate feedback can make it feel less intimidating. Mm -hmm. Three, preparation versus spontaneity. When adding to a conversation, you're responding in real time to others' ideas which might come more naturally to you than delivering a prepared speech or leading a discussion. Mm -hmm. This spontaneity can be more in line with conversational dynamics you're used to in your podcast. Four, perceived stakes. The perceived importance of meetings, especially if they involve superiors or decisions that could impact your job, can make these situations feel high stakes. This pressure can exacerbate anxiety and hinder your ability to communicate as freely as you would like. Five, Self-expectation. The pressure you put on yourself to perform well in meetings can also be a factor. High self-expectations can lead to overthinking and anxiety, which can block your ideas from flowing naturally. Addressing these challenges can involve several strategies. Reframing your mindset. Try to see meetings as an extension of the conversations you have on your podcast. Thinking of them as discussions rather than presentations might help reduce some of the pressure. Practicing mindfulness and relaxation techniques. Techniques such as deep breathing or visualization can help manage anxiety before and during meetings. Seeking opportunities for practice. Look for low stakes environments to practice public speaking or leading discussions to build confidence. Feedback and support. Consider seeking feedback from trusted colleagues or a coach who can provide constructive criticism and encouragement. Recognizing your value. Remind yourself of the unique perspectives and insights you bring to the table, just as you do in your podcast. Your ideas are valuable and your contributions matter. Remember, growth and comfort do not coexist. 
That is true. Growth and comfort, dude. Yeah, well. Anyhow, guys, I just wanted to go through this. As I said, I don't know if anybody else deals with this stuff, but I definitely do. And um, as I said, it is type. It is. It is very um, frustrating. You know, it is very frustrating not being able to access your brain <laughs> when you have a lot to say about a topic. Um, even you talk to individuals and they'll tell you, wow, you write so amazing. You're, you're, you're a brilliant writer or you're very insightful in problem solving different situations. But then when somebody asks you to speak, it's like you turn into the frog from uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons and all of a sudden it says rabbit. You got nothing else to say. And I'm just saying for anybody who knows or anybody who lives like this really will understand exactly what I mean. It sounds like you're articulating a common struggle many people face, especially those who are introspective and excel in written communication or smaller, more intimate conversations. Yep. The discrepancy between being able to express oneself eloquently in writing or in less formal settings versus speaking in more formal or public contexts can indeed be frustrating. It's a reminder that different skills are engaged when we write or speak, and the anxiety of public speaking can inhibit our ability to access and articulate our thoughts as fluently as we might in other formats. The metaphor of turning into the fog from Looney Tunes, where the character performs magnificently in private but cannot perform in public, perfectly captures the feeling of not being able to express oneself verbally in the moment, despite having deep insights or eloquent thoughts internally. For anyone experiencing this, it's important to remember that you're not alone in these feelings. Many people, including highly successful individuals, have had to confront and work through their public speaking anxieties or find ways to leverage their strengths in other forms of communication. Recognizing your strengths, like your ability to write brilliantly or solve problems insightfully, is crucial. These are significant skills and contribute immensely to any team or project. Practical steps can help bridge the gap between your internal wealth of ideas and your external expression. These include practicing speaking in safe environments, perhaps starting with topics you're passionate about to make it easier to find your flow, engaging in activities like public speaking clubs, seeking feedback from peers, and focusing on the message rather than the medium can also be beneficial. Most importantly, be kind to yourself and acknowledge the progress you make, no matter how small it may seem. So that sounds good, guys. <clears throat> so I just wanted to delve into a little bit of my uh, psyche. Um, the stuff that I deal with um, that challenges me. I know there's people out there, you know, there's what, 8 billion of us on this planet, apparently. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people, some of you probably, who deal with the same thing. It's like you have all of these ideas, but to get them out is just a, just a mess, <laughs> is the best way to put it. So I just wanted to go through and, you know, give me a little a little taste of the stuff that I deal with on a day to day basis. You know, it's like I'm telling you, sometimes when you're like this, the way that I am, which, you know, I again, probably a little neurotic. I'm definitely an introvert um, for whatever reason. And um, I know that it's a struggle for other people. And when you're like that, it's like, honestly, you're inside there and you feel dumb. So. What I can tell you, the best thing I could tell you to do is to, um, if you're a believer in Christ, um, read your Bible. 
um, read the stories. Um, you could read about Moses who was scared to speak, even though he was, he was able to speak, but for some reason he was like, I can't, <laughs> you know, um, who's going to tell Pharaoh, you know, let your people go in all this. Um, and there was, there was a whole bunch of different situations and, you know, Aaron ended up helping him to do it. Um, but there's so many parts in the Bible where you realize there's so many people who we thought were this way. And then we find out they're that way. <clears throat> Even King David with the, with the amount of trouble <laughs> that he went through in his life often caused by himself. Um, he was able to conquer. He was able to over overcome so many different things. Um, my advice to you, if I was to give you advice, which I'm not really giving you advice would be is read the scriptures. Remember that the Lord God almighty is with you no matter what you're going through and what you're doing. And I'm not really an advocate of, you know, deep breathing and meditating on the universe and all that stuff. I'm a person who believes in the word of God. And I believe that if you take that time out in the morning, you pray, take the time and read your Bible. Um, make sure that you do have an opinion on something that um, you're supposed to speak on or at least jot down maybe a few notes so that you can remember yourself because sometimes what it is is you look you lose your train of thought and this happens to me all the time again um and i'm gonna get june to to speak to this but i think there's some type of connection with an individual that might be an introvert who um you get caught up in reactions so i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get june to to speak on it a little bit Yeah, the last thing I wanted you to give some closing remarks, June, on this topic as far as when you are speaking in front of, say, a few people and you're getting sidetracked only by their in their reactions. I'm an individual. And again, there's probably a lot of people who deal with this where when you're speaking in front of a bunch of people and at the same time while you're speaking, you're looking at their faces and sometimes you'll see a face twist. You'll see an eyebrow rise. You'll see somebody look away and start playing with their cell phone or whatever it is. And that totally distracts your train of thought and you're unable to get through what you're saying. You're totally distracted and it's really difficult. That's another thing that I deal with as an introvert, someone who does not like public speaking at all. And is a matter of fact, generally totally out of my comfort zone when doing so. But the problem is I also read expressions. I also read body language and it's just so so difficult do you have any closing remarks and any um response to what i just said navigating the challenges of public speaking especially when you're acutely aware of audience reactions can indeed be daunting it's a common experience for many particularly for those who are introspective and sensitive to the nuances of body language and facial expressions. Here are some closing thoughts on managing these situations. One, focus on your message. Try to keep your focus on the message you want to convey rather than the audience's reaction. Remember, your primary goal is to communicate your ideas. While feedback from the audience is valuable, it shouldn't derail your train of thought. Practicing your key points can help keep you anchored to your message even when distractions arise. Two, normalize varied reactions. Audience reactions can vary widely 
and are not always a direct reflection of your performance. People may look away, check their phones, or have varied facial expressions for reasons unrelated to your speaking. Reminding yourself of this can help reduce the impact of these distractions. Number three, build confidence through practice. Like any skill, confidence in public speaking grows with practice. Seek opportunities to speak in front of others, starting in low stakes environments and gradually increasing the challenge. This can help you become more accustomed to managing distractions and focusing on your delivery. Four, engage your audience. When appropriate, engaging your audience by asking questions or inviting participation can help shift the dynamic. This can make the experience feel more interactive and less like a one-sided performance, potentially reducing the impact of distracting reactions. Five, use techniques to manage anxiety. Techniques such as deep breathing, visualization, or focusing on a friendly face in the audience can help manage anxiety and keep you centered. Practice these techniques regularly, not just in speaking situations, to make them more effective when you need them. Six, reflect and reframe. After speaking, reflect on what went well and what could be improved, focusing on your progress rather than perfection. Reframe challenges as opportunities to grow and remember that each experience builds your resilience and skill. Remember, it's entirely normal to feel out of your comfort zone when speaking in front of others, especially if you're an introvert or someone who naturally reads into the subtleties of body language and facial expressions. However, with practice, self-compassion, and strategies to manage distractions, it's possible to become more comfortable and effective in these situations. Your voice and ideas are valuable and finding... You know what else I wanted to say before you finish there? Um, <clears throat> what I've also noticed is when I'm singing, let's say I was singing, like, sadly, <laughs> if I was singing live, I would close my eyes. And of course, that takes the focus off of everybody else. I mean, the, the thoughts do go through my head as to well, wonder what they're singing or wonder if they heard that bad note. But generally, I'm paying attention to the song and the way music is where there's so much emotion in music. Um, you know, you sing a song that you really like or you really connect to you kind of concentrate more on um, presenting the music, the notes, um, proper sounds and everything like that, that you can't even really focus. I mean, if you, someone like me who <clears throat> I believe my voice is pretty good, um, I don't really worry about people judging my voice so much unless it's really just hitting a bad note. But I notice I'm able to actually sing or allow people to hear maybe pre-recorded stuff because I yes I was controlling the production of it and all that but as far as doing it live and just speaking and actually pulling the ideas out of my brain out of out of thin air um, and on the you know on the fly or on a whim is sometimes difficult but um, you know that's life I guess right Your experience with singing offers a valuable insight into how different contexts can shift our focus and affect our performance anxieties. When you're singing, especially a piece you're emotionally connected to, it allows you to engage deeply with the music and the emotions <coughs> it evokes, which can naturally draw your focus away from the audience's reactions. Closing your eyes while singing is a form of creating a barrier between you and potential distractions allowing you to concentrate on delivering the song to the best of your ability. This contrasts with speaking, where the interaction feels more direct 
and the feedback more immediate, possibly heightening awareness of audience reactions. However, the underlying principle you've identified in your singing, focusing on the content you're delivering and your connection to it, can be a powerful tool in speaking situations as well. Finding ways to transfer the focus and emotional engagement from singing to speaking might offer a pathway to reducing performance anxiety. For instance. So guys, I just wanted to close it up and finish it up because I know that June doesn't obviously <laughs> have an issue with speaking. Um, I'm just going to say other things that can help. Um, and we probably touched on them to a certain extent, but I know that my more successful times at public speaking or speaking in large groups um, were when I actually asked questions and put it on the, the um, audience to come up with something and then I could connect with it. Hopefully, if I know my topic well enough, I can connect or answer any question on that topic. And that is one thing. Really knowing the song that you're singing <laughs> or really knowing the topic that you're speaking about um, and if you can somehow pull it from self to the world um, in that respect or be emotionally attached to the information or the song, it makes it easier to get over what you need to get over. Also, what I've noticed is the longer you spend with the individuals that you are uh, facilitating or speaking to, um, even the connections that you make, if if you have a chance to have um, an intermission or um, some sort of a break, and if you can talk to, say, a few people in the group before you go back and maybe presenting other ideas or facilitating, one thing that does, if you're able to maybe touch base with five or six people individually on your own with these people, or maybe just in groups of two, you and on two people, what I've noticed is it gives you a base um, a base audience. And what I mean by base audience, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, um, picture your audience naked while you're speaking to them or find an, a, a pleasant face in, in an audience to speak to. When you're speaking to a group of people, really, you're just speaking to one person or you 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 maybe go between one person on this side of the room and then one person on the other side of the room. It really helps because it makes other people, you know, you're giving eye contact, you're moving around, you're not just stuck in, in, a, in a box, an individual in an invisible box, but you're actually interacting with your audience in some way, shape or form. You know, some people say fake it till you make it. So maybe you can only talk to the two, three people in the audience. And as long as you're able to turn your gaze and move and, you know, and be somewhat yourself in front of this um, audience even though you're totally uncomfortable, um, it, it can go a long way. So those are the things that I would say you could probably do for sure. I would say, honestly, read your Bible, pray, um, let the Lord know what you're dealing with when it comes to being an introvert, letting the Lord know. I mean, he already knows, but he wants you to come before him and present what the issues are and be as specific as possible. Don't just glaze over it and say, oh, Lord, help me to um, public speak. But maybe get into the nitty gritty. Maybe you sweat. Maybe you're not able to get your thoughts out. Maybe you, you know, you need help focusing on knowing your information better than you do so that you can almost do it like just do it like like Nike says. You know what I mean? Like just you just come out of you naturally. Now, obviously, if you're doing this from day to day, it's not going to be that individual that 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 
that way because you probably won't have that much time with the information. But always try to flip the script if you can. If you can ask questions or maybe get questions um, directed to you when you know about the topic. Um, and, you know, less is more sometimes. If you really don't know a lot about a topic, maybe just present what you do know and let other people fill in the blanks if it's possible. That's the type of job. Anyhow, this is You're Probably Right, and this is MCM, and um, I just wanted to do something a little bit different today. So this was my struggle with being an introvert and public speaking. Anyhow, that's it for me today, and I um, hope to hear you again, or see, hear you again, see you again. See, I'm like, I'm like trying to pull stuff out of my eye, where before I was just able to just take it out of my brain. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm still working on it, guys. I'm still not finished. All right, take care of yourself. This is MCM, signing off. MCM. And this is your probably right. Peace. Hey, come check out your probably right podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there <laughs> hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting and hey maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere hope to see you soon